Hey guys, super quick here. Before we dive into today's video, I just want to let you know about our Clips catalog, which is absolutely free. It's in the description. There is a link to the Google spreadsheet where we have our most recent take on any single player. I haven't seen this anywhere. So for you guys who are subscribed, you might not know about this or anyone who is new here, please, I absolutely advise you to go check it out. It's a really good resource. You can see right here, you clip on it, over 200 and 30 players at the moment, over 500 clips. You come in, you want to look up any name, maybe Dak Prescott. Jalen Waddle, maybe some more topical things. Alexander Madison, DeAndre Hopkins are hot names. Remember, you want to go deep, like AT pair, Clinton Tune, whatever you want. We have it here. You'll click right on the hyperlink. It'll bring you right to our most recent video on the player. Now let's get into today's video. Welcome back to the Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable Dynasty perspective. I'm Jake. As always, I'm joined by Tim. Before we dive into the players for this week, make sure you guys hop down into the comments. Tell us what you think the biggest flaw with Keep Trade Cut is, because we both agree there's a handful of them. But it's also a useful resource, so we want to make sure we throw that out there. But we got to roll that intro. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death taxes and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skyler. No player is completely untouchable. Thank you guys really. I had not. I have not really heard this yet. I listened to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. We're back with our standard, just giving you a couple players. We're going to make this one a quick one for you guys. Uh, make sure you're, we're recording separate episodes now about trade theory. So make sure you check those out each week when they are released. But we've both identified a buy player for this week, which I know is shocking for us. We've done it a handful of times, but here we are doing it again. And they just happen to be both the same position and back to back on keep trade cut. So Tim, who are you targeting this week? We going back to back. Back my buy this week is David Njoku. He is KTC tight end 12. He's actually my tight end 13. He's the top of a tier for me. The reason why I think that he's he's a buy, and as we said before, it's not always about the KTC ranks. It's about the KTC valuations. And to me, you're most likely going to get a high-level high producer in David Njoku that po potentially has the um, propensity to break out this year at a cheaper price than what would be... Uh, the cost to acquire him if he was at a different position. So what's listed currently around in terms of value of players that I would move for Najoku, we have a uh, mid-second, um, Evan Ingram, because I could get something on top of Evan, Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, giving away Cole Komet, um, Gabriel Davis, Sky Moore, Cortland Sutton, and Kadarius Tony. As you see, there's that trend of always selling Tony and Sky Moore in every trade. Funny how that now, works. I, I'm a, I, I want to kind of just discuss how I would trade for Najoku first, though, because I think that tight ends can be very difficult to make moves with because of the fact that not everyone values, values them the same, as well as where do they sit depth-wise on a roster? Because if Najoku is someone's third tight end, it's much easier to make a move for them versus if he's their first or second tight end now mm -hmm. it could be that they say i just want to hold them see what the upside is i don't really want to sell them for market you're going to get that as well when that happens or to avoid that happening i think that there's a way in which trade should be structured to kind of make this deal i don't want to call it the trojan horse as we've talked about it before but more or less don't do a one for one or don't make the right. the main piece of the of the offer where he's not the first person you're asking about or he's not the only person you're asking about. Because it may be that the other player you put in the in the deal, they go, I don't really want to move him, but I'll move this guy instead, which Njoku still included. And whatever the other guy is, most likely isn't that big of a needle mover either way up or down. So you might be losing the trade, but getting the guy you actually want. Right. 
So with all those things being said, I think it's a little, those are important things to think about when making a, a trade negotiation for basically any tight end that isn't, that isn't Kelsey because valuations are always going to be so different. Not everyone is a premier or elite asset. So the ways in which you negotiate that are by providing the shiny piece over here that might be more um, attractive to them in the long run. That being said, last year, Njoku, tight end 10 last season, but he was uh, eighth in points per game. He was the highest um, in snap share amongst tight ends, over 90% per game, which is just insane. So that means they're using him in both the rushing and passing. You obviously know that they have a top five offensive line and a great run design or designed run offense. So he's valuable to them in the run game. If they were to incorporate even more of the play action game, it promotes even more opportunity for him. But what's important to me is that we're looking for four receptions from David Njoku because when we get four receptions, we get tight end finishes of tight end two, tight end 14, which is the lowest one, tight end six, tight end five, tight end eight, tight end two, tight end six. So in the 14 games he played last year, in those seven games, he was um, at least tight end 14. And in some weeks, difference making at tight end two twice. So he shows that he has upside. And at that tight end rank of tight end eight in terms of points per game, it was 10.1. But in that seven game sample of four receptions or more, we're looking at 12.94 half point fantasy points, not full point, not tight end premium. So those numbers could go up if your if your league is even more involved in the tight ends receiving points for receptions. But uh, just uh, over that seven game sample, he had six receptions, 64 yards and half a touchdown a game. So we're looking at a really productive even yardage alone. So if you just look at yardage in the receptions, he's almost close to 10. And then you throw in the half touchdown or the touchdown, you're looking at, you know, 16, 18 points. And he hit that mark more than once last season. So I think there's a lot to go off of here to go and get Najoku where he doesn't cost you much, but he's going to be a high producer. And he could even be better than that, where tight end eight might just be his floor. And they work that passing game out in terms of volume and getting into the, the red zone to have those red zone targets because he was fourth in red zone receptions and third in targets last year. So he's already getting that work. And if that goes up where he only had a 57% catch rate in the red zone, but Kelsey only had a 58.9% catch rate, but Kelsey had 10 touchdowns in the red zone and Njoku had three. So we just look at Njoku getting two, two more and it's a much different perception of Njoku all season. One thing I will say is he did do produce pretty well under under Brissett, and he had big games with Watson. So we're just looking more uh, that it needs to be a more consistent with Watson, but I think the ceiling's there, and I think he's a total buy, and any of those players I listed, I'm going and I'm moving them forward because with me, Ingram is so hit or miss that they're, it's not valuable to me as a team to try to guess the lot, the weeks in which he's going to produce because that's just very difficult. I think I can get something on top. And then any of those other pieces that I've listed, depending on who's available in the rookie draft at that mid second, because it's currently a 23 mid where if it was a 24 second, I have no issue making that move, but any of those other players straight up, I'm smashing except. Yeah. And I think it's really important to note that like, if we're accepting that Deshaun Watson gets back to even 80% of what he was before, that's definitely an improvement over what Jacoby Brissett was last year. And we also have to look, he had significant targets in the red zone with both quarterbacks. 
he is just a key piece of this offense at this point. And they did nothing to solidify the position past him, really. So he is still the tight end there. He did not have a game without or with Deshaun Watson at quarterback where he did not have a, a, a target in the red zone. That is huge. We know how quick a, a touchdown turns the weeks around for tight ends, especially with Njoku. He had four touchdowns on the year. Every single week that he scored a touchdown, he was a top eight tight end. More weeks than not, he was a top six tight end when he scored a touchdown as well. So it's really just if he continues to maintain this target share, which it seems pretty clear that he's going to, he's a key part of this offense. The, the likelihood of that performance improving is pretty damn high, especially when you consider that his other metrics of his game looked really good as well. He was top 12 in, ta in target share. He had a 30% red zone target share as a tight end. He had the seventh most yards after catch of all tight ends while only having the um, eighth most reception. So he's very efficient with the ball in his hands as well. There's really no reason to believe that he's not going to continue to improve. And especially if the offense as a whole improves and becomes a little bit more pass heavy, which is what we're expecting. Everything really suggests that David Njoku, we maybe just saw his floor last year, and the ceiling is a top four tight end in football. You brought up a key point, too, about solidifying the position. He did get an extension, and it's going to be interesting to see if they what they do with, uh, I forget his last name, but Harrison, their uh, backup tight end. Harrison Bryant. Yes, Bryant. And they did bring in the Houston backup for competition. So basically they have elevated Njoku to here and the backups are down here. So there is definitely a separation because of the fact that Njoku has been paid. Njoku has been basically um, they've announced he is a major key contributing piece to this, this offense for a long time to come. They have future plans for him, and they're going to use him. So I, like I said, it, it, tight end 12 price right now, that's really cheap. Um, it would be really difficult to say that, you couldn't get a deal done in a lot of a lot of leagues unless someone's a really true believer. And I think there's a lot of hit or miss when it comes to making tight end trades. So go make those offers and see if you can get back in negotiations. And with my player this week, Greg Dulcich, he's ranked just within, like I said, one spot of David Njoku. So every player that you can, in theory, move for Njoku, you can also move for Greg Dulcich. I have him as a top 10 tight end in Dynasty, and, and here's why. He walked in. We know rookie tight ends typically don't perform. They don't perform at least at the level that they typically do a few years in the league. But the first week that he was eligible to play football, he played a 65% snap share and only one time during the entire season did he play any less than that. And in that one time that he did play less than that, he still pulled nine targets. So he is also a very key piece of this offense. What is Tim Patrick going to be moving forward? off of an ACL. He's been semi-productive when he's been in, in the lineup, but he's coming off of an injury. KJ Hamler has plenty of injury risk there. If Javante Williams isn't healthy to start the year, their best running back is Samaj P. Ryan. He's not going to be catching as many passes as Javante was, certainly. So we're really recognizing that he is a really prime opportunity as well to be a good pass catcher in this offense. And he's also nothing to shake a fist at. He had the third most deep targets of all tight ends. And he played 10 games. He is very clearly being recognized, at least by the previous coaching staff, as a really strong part of this offense. And we've all seen Sean Payton not shy away from using his tight ends in very important roles as well. Dulcich was 13th in target share. He was fifth in route participation. He had the six most snaps among tight ends in the slot. So they're using him almost exclusively as a receiver. Not really. It's like 41%, but that's still top six of the position while playing 10 games. Like, this is what it all boils down to. The usage was phenomenal. And maybe the performance wasn't what 
we typically would hope to be out of a top, you know, 10 potential tight end here, but all of the underlying markers show that he's going to play a really important piece in this offense moving forward. This is another team that didn't make any significant investments in the position in the deepest tight end class that we've probably ever seen uh, in terms of the draft class. There were some free agent opportunities as well. They didn't go out and target any of them. They didn't make any real additions to the wide receiver room on a Marvin Mims. So really, they're looking at Greg Dulcich as being a key piece of this offense. And there were some preseason reports about, oh, they don't love him. They want Adam Trotman there. They want Adam Trotman there to block. He offers nothing else on a football field besides being a sixth blocker for the team. And this is a team that's not afraid. And Sean Payton especially has not been afraid of running two tight end sets uh, as a coach in his career. He will put a guy out there to block if it means he has a better pass catcher outside, which is something that exactly what they're looking to do here. Everything else, he was ninth in yards per reception amongst the position. He was seventh in target separation. So even though that is not typically an indicative stat, it shows that he's able to get open. And the quarterback, is Russell Wilson, is targeting him when he gets open. You also have to consider that the drop rate wasn't ideal, but it's not. it wasn't in the top 12 in the position. So he's got very solid hands. Seventh most unrealized air yards. Seventh highest air yard share of his team offense of anybody at the position. This is just a guy that's in a really good spot to produce. And you're not, again, you're just not paying a lot to acquire them. We talked about before about how you want to acquire these guys that don't take a lot of investment, but have the potential to jump into that next tier of players. And if there's a tight end to do it besides David Njoku, who I would have identified as a buy if Tim didn't this week, I talked about a Monday on the, the live stream that Skyler and I did. Make sure you go check that out if you haven't already. But Dulcich is right there in terms of potential opportunity. And if this offense makes the jump that we think it's going to, He's in a really good spot to potentially smash the top eight tight end. And I really have no concerns about having Greg Dulcich both on my teams or acquiring any more shares than I already have, which is about 60% roster ship throughout all of my leagues. So I am fully in on Greg Dulcich and I'm looking to acquire him wherever I can. As the resident Dulcich lover, keep going. I like this. He is a weapon. Yeah, the one I, straight, just a weapon. And we don't, I don't want to pay attention too much to like camp reports, but they're already talking about how they have intentions of using him in all roles, such as they used uh, Taysom Hill. So he might even be available in some rushing. What I want to point he's out throwing is throwing a touchdown. Who knows? Maybe. May what I want to point out too, though, is that you talked about the unrealized air yards. Those that don't pay attention and they just look at the final score, or they just look at the final stats because they didn't watch the game or whatnot. Russell Wilson missed Greg Dolchitz on basically every week or like two of every three weeks on deep shots that Greg Dolchitz had his defender burned. And if he just drops the ball in the breadbasket, he's scoring like a 60 yard touchdown. I swear was, to God. He was 33rd amongst all tight ends in catchable target rate. 33rd. So they're targeting him deep. He gets open deeper. Not saying he can't work underneath, but I'm talking about the really, truly, truly valuable plays of when he breaks open and it's a, a minimum a 30 yard catch where he has that, that's that, that ceiling to truly become one of the, the stretch tight ends or field stretch tight ends where he's going for, you know, 80 minimum in terms of yardage, five, six, seven, eight receptions, and maybe a touchdown or two. I truly believe that he's my tight end eight. And I think I could move him up. The thing is, I don't think I have to where exactly. I'm happy with him at eight. If he does better, it's kind of something I'm expecting or hoping for. And I think the, the difficulty with Dolchich will be who has him because if it's a guy that's, or 
if it's a guy or girl, excuse me, a manager that um, has, let's say they drafted him and they've, they've held on and all this other stuff, it may cost more than what, what keep trade cut is saying. And I think that this is one of the biggest uh, identifiers for me on keep trade cut that they have to, they have some fixing to do because in a lot of leagues, especially tight end premium, I don't think you're going to get most of the time. I don't think you're going to be able to acquire tight ends like Dolchich for a second or even a Joku for a second. But I think in most leagues, you should attempt it. But really depends on what the uh, the person that the manager that currently possesses him thinks about this part, uh, thinks about this player, where if they really didn't have strong feelings, but were able to acquire him in drafts, it'll kind of change the perception of the value. But for me, like if I have Dolchich, um, I have him in leagues where it's start two tight end and it's tight end premium. I'm not moving him for anything because... Right. I know that I, I know that in leagues like that, Kelsey goes for two or three firsts. Maybe not now, just because of his age, but why would I want to move a guy who let's say he scores even 70%, 60% of Kelsey? He's worth the first at least. Why would I want to move a guy that I can't replace, especially in leagues like that where I have to start two of them and they're at a premium? So kind of take that in, in, with a grain of salt with making trades with either with either of our guys that we've no, uh, recommended this week because it just may be more difficult than what the prices are but you should definitely still go and make out make those attempts and a very important thing to note really quickly before we wrap up guess who greg dulcich's best comparable is on player profiler i honestly don't know this um uh let's go with vernon davis wrong it's David and Joku. If that no doesn't way. tell you you should be making offers for both of these tight ends, I don't know what will. But as we've already made the case for you to acquire both of these players, make sure you consider that. If you're concerned about what a trade should look like for either of these players, hop into the description down below, hop in the JWB Discord, propose those trades to our members over there. We got over 400 members in the Discord currently. Uh, many of them are active pretty much all day, every day. So regardless of what time zone you're in, what country you're in, there's probably somebody awake who's willing to answer your trade questions. Um, so make sure you hop in there. Check out the links below as well for our clips catalog, which is over 500 clips in there for various different players throughout the league make sure you hop in the patreon uh it's a paid option for you to have but it gets you more personalized uh analysis from the jwb team so make sure you hop in there as well if you are interested you can find me on twitter at perry underscore ff you can find tim on twitter at nubs with two n's and two b's and you can find all of our content at jwb underscore ff on twitter as always guys later